It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! I-O! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And you are you. And we're glad to have you in the house tonight for another episode of the OHIO Podcast. Brought to you by Fansided and Big Banter Sports. Thankful for both of them, as well as Scarlet Endgame, which you can just click right into your computer. And guess what? You can read articles from myself and others from uh, Scarlet Endgame about your Ohio State Buckeyes. Keep up to date on all the news and happenings going on over at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. And Chris, there is a lot of news going on over at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center as uh, it has started. Yeah. Fall fall camp is here, man. And you were there. I was there. We're going to talk about that. Larry Daniels in the house tonight from sunny East Central Ohio. David Gilmore, greetings this fine evening from upstate New York. I was pretty close to where you were, uh, where you're at there, David. I was on a little mini vacay, just got home a little bit ago from Erie, Pennsylvania. That is why you see these rosy red cheeks about the same color as my t-shirt. I got burnt with the press guy and had myself... A great time. Ultimate Boiler, where am I? Well, my friend, you are on the number one podcast on Big Banter. And we're the podcast you're chasing, my friend. Just like we're going to be the team you guys are chasing this year. So, little banter from Big Banter there, uh, Ultimate Boiler. Welcome in, my friend. Good to have you tonight. Hey, we are excited to talk about fall camp, Chris. Let's not waste any more time, except I got one huge announcement. Play it on me. Cheers to Billy Bob from Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue. He has retired. So my friend Billy Bob is going to, hopefully he's awake. Billy Bob, if you're awake, let's uh, let's see you. Oh, wait a minute. What is this? Is that an O or is that an O-H-I-O? <laughs> Billy Bob, if you're awake, let us know if you're watching. Hey, look who it is. There he is. Welcome in, man. So excited that you are 
you have marked yourself safe from the J-O-B, my man. That is fantastic. Uh, didn't get to watch you live. I had zero reception in Presque there in Erie, PA, where I was soaking up the rays yesterday. But I did watch it last night when we got back to the hotel. And so thankful that you've made it, my friend. Looking forward to going to the Purdue game with you. So, yeah. hey, let me know, Chris and I. Uh, if you're, if you're going to want to, want to tag along with us, we'd love to meet up with you, drive over there to West Lafayette, where we can probably, uh, throw some IOs at this man's OH at their <laughs> tailgate. If they invite us over, uh, looking forward to that. Donald Hoffer's in the house again. My friend football news as whole has been dropping bombs. Absolutely. Yes, it has. And congratulations to Billy Bob. We're going to talk about that. The whole second part of the show is about those bombs that have been dropping in the college football world. So that being said, Chris, let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right into it. Camp yeah. opened up and the NILs from um, collectives from Columbus did something very cool in association with the Ohio State Athletic Department. They opened up practice on Thursday and Friday, uh, practice one and two from fall camp to spectators 500 for each day sold out both days at $30 a pop for 500 plus $10 for parking, which went to the university. Uh, but $30, your $30 ticket for the two hour practice, two hour and change practice went to the NIL collectives. Chris, I was there, man. I know you've got questions, and oh, I know the listeners so got many. questions. If you have questions from what I saw, if you weren't there, go ahead and put those questions in the comment sections uh, of the respective uh, medium in which you are getting this live episode. Chris, fire away, man. All right, so obviously there's two big ones. First of all, what did you think of the offensive line? Now, you know, we've heard, we've, we've heard speculation that it's Josh Fryer at uh, one tackle and we've heard Zen Mikowski. We've heard J Josh, you know, call me Jimmy Simmons. We've heard Tegra Shabola. We heard Luke Montgomery's name pulled up. Now what I heard was Zen Mikowski was getting a lot of the first team reps. He was. So what did you think of how the line looked and how concerned are you still about that offensive line? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're not good. They're not good. It, every time they fall start, they make them run a lap. Okay. Now I'm going to let me back up. That's probably so why the, Josh Fryer is looking so good in practice. <laughs> the jersey's fitting a lot better because he's out there running laps. He's lost a lot of weight, but he's lazy. I hope he gets this. Dude, stop cutting off your even when they're in line and they are stretching he cuts off his stretches five seconds into the 10 second stretch stop it you're lazy quit being lazy that is i'm telling you chris he's going to get burnt because he's lazy sounds to me hey, like he needs to get benched because ticked, he's lazy. ticked me off i'm watching he's leading the offensive lineman and stretching and they're counting the 10 on their stretches, and he's stopping his stretch halfway through every single time. If you're still that injured, we're in trouble. He's your starting left tackle. He's your he's supposed to be an upperclassman. 
it was not good. Tegra Shabola ran more laps Friday than anybody else because he kept false starting. Do you want to know why the freshman's in there and competing? We're bad. We're bad. It's not gotten any better. Now, I will give you a positive. They can flat out run block, Chris. They are road graders. When we when we were doing ru- uh, running drills, seven on seven, well, 11, <clears throat> on, 11 on 11 thump, no tackle, but thump. Yeah. They were but they were making huge holes. They can run block. They cannot pass block on the edges. They are dangerously bad still. That that's kind of concerning, but at the same time, do you think Ryan Day can make it work? Can Ryan Day change his game plan to where he gives that ball off a little bit more often and and takes advantage of that that strength that they do have? He's gonna have to. Now, the interior offensive line is really, really good. Hensman's going to win that job. Carson Hensman's going to be the same. Now, I did hear that Jacob James was taking some snaps with the first team. They're going 50-50, but Hensman looks like a veteran. I almost wish one of them could kick outside. Yeah, Um, that was my next question. So there was potential for that to happen? Yes. Um, so absolutely. I don't know that there's potential for that to happen, but they might have to find a way to, to put someone, look or, at someone different on the outside. Or, or do you think they might bump one of them over to guard and slide Donovan Jackson off the tackle? He's, he's not, he's not going to. Okay. So that's the it's, offensive line, but. Obviously, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, w- I wish I had better news to report to you. They're, they are great at run blocking. They on, But the tackles look lost. Too many false starts. Uh, losing one-on-one battles still a lot. And, and yet I understand. Okay, I get it. JTT's really good. Jack Sawyer's really good. I understand that. But you, you, you've, you've got to step your game up, guys. You're yeah. gonna have to step your game up, or it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a rough season. So that leads to the question: How did the quarterbacks look? Everyone's assuming it's McCord's job to lose, but is this really a competition? And is there going to be a need for Devin Brown given the weakness at tackle right now? Um, it's a competition. It is flat out a competition. What did you see? Who did you okay. think was better? All right. If I had to pick a quarterback to start today, if we if we're playing Notre Dame tomorrow, and it's like and and Ryan Day called me up, said Bogsy, I need your honest opinion. Who gives us the better chance to win the game? I'm going Devin Brown because he's a playmaker. Now, here's why. <clears throat> I found a big flaw in Kyle McCord's game, watching it with my own eyes up close. When he receives the snap, he's carrying the ball too low it's below his chest it's right above his navel it elongates the motion to throw devin brown's got it up here by his chin okay which is where you're supposed to carry it devin brown looks like an athlete his escapability looks good they went to seven on seven drills second part we had to put our cell phones away they warned you multiple times no pictures no videos put your cell phones away seven on seven here we go live 
First play, first pass, Kyle McCord throws a pick six. Denzel picked him. A little out route. He was either Egbuka or Harrison Jr. Won a little out route. Denzel jumps the route. Boom, pick six the other way. Forget about it. That little hitch, the elongated delivery that Kyle has, it's it allows the defense just that split second more to bat more balls down and to, and to get more interceptions. Number two, he's high over the middle on intermediate passes. He's going to get one of our receivers destroyed. Way too. They're having to jump on over the middle intermediate passes that he throws. Devin Brown is on the money. Here's where he's got Devin Brown beat. His long ball is beautiful. He throws a gorgeous long ball. The trajectory of it is nice. Um, the speed of it looks good. It's a perfect spiral. He hits guys in, in stride when they're going deep. Brown struggles after 15 yards on his passes. 5 to 15 yards, he's deadly. Beyond that, he's underthrowing a little bit um, compared to McCord. That's the difference. Brown looks more uh, – uh, Devin Brown looks more athletic. He looks more accurate on the on the intermediate stuff, and he's also quicker to look for his out. You know, where's my tight end or my running back? If my number one or two routes not open, boom, I'm going to get rid of the football. Kyle McCord will hold on to the ball a little bit longer, and I think maybe that's one more year of time in the system of saying, on a longer developing play, I've got a receiver open down deep. That's what I saw. If I'm if I'm if I'm Ryan Day, with the troubles we have on the offensive line, Devin Brown, to me, is your better go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you talked about Denzel getting that pick six on the core's first pass. Let's talk about the DBs a little bit. We've heard that they are very much improved this season. Mm-hmm. So, are they really as improved as, you, as they say? What are your thoughts based on what you saw at practice and who do you think is going to be starting? Now, we know Denzel Burke is going to get that seat in the, the cornerback one spot. Yeah. Who's going to start opposite this, this guy? I mean, is it going to be Jair Brown? Is it going to be Igbenison? Is it going to be Hancock? And, and who are the starting safeties? I mean, I'm hearing Sonny Styles is getting a lot of playing time. So, so uh, Denzel looks awesome. He blanketed Marvin Harrison Jr. for most of the practice. Yeah. Yeah, I I swear to you, I kid you not. Um, if you can cover him, you can cover anyone at the college level. Yes, he's if he plays like he did Friday, he is all American at corner. He 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 played that well. He looked great. Um, at the other cornerback position, you had the uh, transfer from Ole Miss, um, David Ig, no uh, Davison Igbenosa Igbenosa. Um, he, he looks, he's physical. He's a very physical, very handsy cornerback. He did really well. Um, at the safety positions, they are running a lot of people in. They looked bad deep. They are still out of position. There was one time where practice almost stopped because Jim Knowles was having a conniption. He dropped several F-bombs on him. One of the one of the uh, defensive backs coach, uh, Perry Perry, 
um, literally during the play grabbed a players by the back Jersey because he was out of position. They know what the problem is and it's still a problem. I don't understand why they have Sonny in the slot and they don't have him deep. They put him up there cause he's more physical. They think he can do a better job with tight ends. He can, he can help in the running game cause he's a bigger safety. That's why he's up there um, with, and then Lathan ransom as well. But deep is an issue, guys. It's still they still let receivers get behind them. And speaking of receivers, are you ready for this? We saw him flash in the spring game, Chris. I'm here to tell you right now, Carnell Tate's starting. He is going to jump Julian Fleming. And the reaction that Julian Fleming had on a drop where he threw his helmet in practice tells me everything I need to know. Tate's passed him. I would not be surprised if you don't see Julian Fleming in the transfer portal at some point. Carnell Tate is amazing. He is every bit better at this stage of his career as a freshman than any other receiver I have seen at Ohio State. And that includes the guy on the other side of the field, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's the All-American. Wow. He is awesome. He had a double move where he left the defensive back on his butt 10 yards deep, wide open, touchdown. He is fantastic. Carnell Tate, buy stock in the kid right now. He is awesome. And this is a kid who just lost his mother. Yeah. And is playing, and playing emotional, obviously. He is fantastic, guys. That that's your little um uh no, Robert Allen. It was not Devin Brown. It was Kyle McCord had to pick six, my friend. Um <clears throat> so yeah, there you go. That's uh that's what I that's what I saw. Okay, what about uh the linebacker position? You know, we know about Tommy, we know about Steele, they're gonna be the guys. How much of CJ Hicks did you get the opportunity to see? And do you think that he's got the ability to really see the field a lot this year? So CJ's being um he's back up. They're 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 rotating they're rotating five guys at the line at the two linebacker positions. Well, four guys at the two, and then CJ's getting a lot of play as that third linebacker, that hybrid linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously Steele and Tommy are one and two. They look fantastic. They're never out of position, they're making plays. Um, they look, they looked every bit the part that they were last year. Okay. After that, you at, at the linebacker position, you had Cody Simon in a lot. Okay. And then you had, um, believe it or not, you had, um, Jordan Hancock. Really? Yeah. Jordan Hancock's playing linebacker. Now he's the other one they're rotating in. And then at that hybrid linebacker spot that they, whatever they want to call it. That's CJ's. That's kind of his baby right now. And um, the other, the other guy that they kind of had in that, that hybrid position um, that I saw. um, Oh, he was, he was injured last year. Um, Mitchell Melton. Mitchell Melton. Thank you. No, no, no. Was it? Yeah. 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 So those are the six guys you're seeing a lot. Uh, Gabe powers, Reed Carrico got in a little bit. Um, but 
that's kind of what we what what we saw. You got any more questions before I run through these real quick? I've got one more, obviously. Okay. So I know it's only the first week of practice. You know Ryan Day wants to have you know his starting lineup, especially on offense, figured out the offensive line, quarterback specific. What kind of a timeline do you think we're looking at there? And when he does make that determination, who, if anyone, enters the transfer portal? I am sho- I'll be shocked if he makes that determination within two weeks. When he kind of let the cat out of the bag that it's going to take as long as it's going to take, it's because neither one of these guys has separated themselves from the other one. Um, if, if, if I was a betting man... I would say you won't hear until the week before Indiana which one is going to get the first team reps going in to get to Indiana, and I think that's how they'll the word it. What you think he's looking, split time versus Indiana? No, I don't think so. That's a dangerous scenario to put yourself it in. Is. Um, but he might not have another option. Here's what's crazy. You ready for this? The freshman from South Dakota or where he was from, Reinholds, yeah. Lincoln, looks pretty good. Yeah, everybody's very high on the young man. He, I'll tell you what, he it, did, I, not, did not did not look that much of a drop off from the from the other two. In all honesty, so so what you're saying is, if one of them should enter the transfer portal, we're solid as a backup. Yeah, I at, think at least so. Almost as solid as we would have been had they stayed. For a true freshman, yeah, I think so. And then the kid from Oregon State, yeah. who's like 26 years old. The field um, general there, yeah. He, he's not bad either. He's serviceable. Absolutely. He he could win a lot of Big Ten games. And, and, and I'll tell you, the other thing that's good about him is the young man is smart and he can run. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sounds right. like we may need. Let's get, let's get through some of these here, okay? Okay, let's do it. Sonny Styles, both offensive tackle positions. That's a question. Sonny Styles looks great. He's huge. He's, I mean, he's he's really built. By the way, Chip Traynum, holy smokes. He's a monster. Dude's a Greek god. That man needs to be fullback. He'll hurt people. He will absolutely hurt people. Offensive Ryan tackle Day positions. using a fullback. <laughs> hey, well, he did with the tight end, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. O-line and QB, I think we answered that one already, Larry. Uh, has the O-line made improvements? I would say, yeah, the, in the run game and interior. Um, and is the freshman as good as advertised? I think he's talking about Lincoln, maybe. Yeah. Or is he? Or yeah. Luke Montgomery. Oh, or Luke Montgomery. Luke's pretty good. He he didn't have any false starts that I recall. So he's that's better than <laughs> better than some of the other starters. Um, let's see here. This isn't a question, but pretty cool. Robert Allen says, for your information, I was listening to you when I was in that state up north. <laughs> oh, the the intro OH got me flipped off. <laughs> That a boy, that a boy, Robert. That a boy. Eric, one thing we didn't touch on: uh, the running backs. Is everybody looking healthy? And are we seeing a little bit of everybody? Yeah. So I got some thoughts on that too. So Donald Hoffer says, "Has defense been wrapping up on tackling? They weren't tackling. They were they were not in full pads. They only had their shoulder pads on, helmets, and they were thud. Next week, they were thud tackling. So I can't answer that question yet, Donald." what was your question? Running backs. Yeah. yeah. So, so Carl and I, my buddy Carl and I, we're sitting at the 30 yard line, uh, on field two. You couldn't go to field one. 
Um, and the running backs were warming up at the beginning of the practice, literally right in front of me. Um, Mayan Williams has the biggest freaking calf muscles I have ever seen in my life. By the <laughs> way. Uh, here's, here's the pecking order, in my opinion, based off of what I saw. Mayan and Travian are 1A and 1B. Chip Traianum is the backup to those two. They are still trying to, I think, work Evan Pryor back into getting comfortable again. Um, they're going to be gentle with him, I believe. And the um, freshman, sophomore now this year, Dallin um, Hayden. Hayden, is much bigger than he looked like on TV. Uh, which so here's the question, though. Are we going to be able to keep him? I mean, this is a kid who got 500-plus yards last season as a freshman. Is he going to set four deep five? Well, you're yards? you're going to lose three of those guys at the end of the season, right? So that opens up a lot of opportunity next year. But will he have the patience to sit through that? We'll see. If if, it's, if this year's like last year, he's not going to have to wait long. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Corey's in the house. What up, Corey? Hey, miss you guys. What's up, Corey? Good to see you tonight, man. Uh, he said, "How's the QB playing?" Uh, yeah, they looked good, dude. They looked they looked really good. Uh, they looked they looked really good. Maybe trestle ball strategy for the early games. Larry says might have to be might have to be a little bit more run than what uh, Ryan Day likes. And Matt Butcher's in the house from Australia. He says good good Monday morning, guys. <laughs> Crazy. All right, man. That's that. Anything else? No, no. I think that's a a good assessment of the uh, week one and. Uh... Man, hope things get better in week two for that offensive line. Absolutely. Big Ten previews. Our last one, Chris, the defensive backs. We need to talk about them. Let's do that real quick. Okay. We're already 26 minutes into this bad boy, so let's jump right into it. Oh, As always, um, I'm leading this one. I'll go from 10 to 6, and then we'll do our top five. You respond after the first half. At number 10, I've got Will Johnson, sophomore cornerback from the team up north. Had 27 tackles, three interceptions, and three pass deflections as a freshman last year for the Maze and Ugly. Number nine, uh, transfer into Ohio State, Davison Igbenosin, sophomore cornerback. Had 36 tackles, five pass deflections last year for Ole Miss as a true freshman. Um, and he did not start right away. as uh, He had to earn that as the season progressed there at Ole Miss. And he looks very physical. Um, uh, I like I like his physicality. He is very handsy at the line of scrimmage, very strong for a cornerback. And he can put a hurt on you when he tackles you. Number eight, Mike Sanristil. Sanristil, right? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yep. Senior safety from the team up north. 58 tackles and interception. Seven pass deflections last year for the Maze and Ugly. Number seven from Iowa, Quinn Schulte. Or Schultz. Schultz? I don't know. Schultz? I don't know. Anyways, Quinn is a senior this year. He had 71 tackles, an interception, and six pass deflections. And number six for me for this year, and this got me excited. I think he can be a top five. In fact, I think he can be a first-team All-Big Ten and maybe even an All-American if he plays like what I saw at practice Friday. Denzel Burke, junior quarterback, Ohio State. Last year, only 34 tackles and five pass deflections. No INTs last year. He's going to have some interceptions this year, multiple. Um, he looked fantastic. So John, uh, Will Johnson, 10. Davis, uh, Davison Igbenosin, 9. Mike Sanders still, 8. 
Quinn Schultz, seven. Denzel Burke, six. Chris, what did I get right and what did I get wrong? Well, I'll tell you, you've got, you, you got Johnson, I think, down a little too low. I think this kid has the potential to be the best man, uh, man-to-man press cover guy in the conference. Um, you know, I, I had him a lot higher than what you do, obviously. The other thing is, I did not put Sanders still in there. Yes, yeah. he, has a, he has a lot of talent, but he also had a lot of struggles last year as well. Um, in his place, I actually had Sebastian Castro from Iowa. <clears throat> Otherwise, we were good on the bottom, bottom six or bottom okay. five. Top five. Here we go. And by the way, uh, I see the question about top three at tight end. I'll get to that as, when we, as soon as we get done to this before we go to commercial. Um, top five. Here we go. Number five. Rod Moore, safety, junior safety from that team up north, 71 tackles, four interceptions last year, and three pass deflections. Number four, Kalen King, junior cornerback from Penn State. I think here's the, I think, best pass press coverage cornerback in the Big Ten, in my opinion. 30 tackles, three interceptions, 15 pass deflections. Kalen King from Penn State. Number three, I got Tyler Newbin, senior safety from Minnesota, 55 tackles, four interceptions, five pass deflections last year for the Golden Gophers. Number two, call me a homer, but I still like me some Lathan Ransom. I know he slipped and fell, but did you realize he had 74 tackles, one interception, and three pass deflections last year? Yeah. That's that's good enough to and be second. And a half. That's good enough to be second best out of any returning defensive back in the Big Ten. The only one better than him is the guy I have ahead of him, and that's number one, Cooper DeJean, junior cornerback from Iowa. He's cornerback slash safety, plays them both for Iowa. 75 tackles, five interceptions, eight pass deflections. He's the only one who had better stats last year from the safety position in the Big Ten than Lathan Ransom did. You can make an argument about the guy you had at number five, Rod Moore from the team up north, because he did have a few more interceptions. Mm -hmm. But Lathan Ransom, pound for pound, in the safety position, I think has a little bit better, more to offer than Rod Moore. That's why I have him higher. Again, repeat, Rod Moore, five. Kalen King, four from Penn State. Tyler Newbin, three from Minnesota. Lathan Ransom, Two from Ohio State. Number one, Cooper DeJean from Iowa. By the way, Cooper DeJean is a baller. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I actually had Rod Moore at five. I had Will Johnson at four. At three, I had Tyler Newbin. Two, Kalen King. And then one, I had Cooper DeJean. And Frank brings brings the heat. Frank from Scarlet and Game. Love Rod Moore's game. He looks great. He would look great in Scarlet and Gray. Yeah, and he brings up a good point. He's another Ohio kid we didn't even recruit. Yep. Went to that team up north and now look. So, yeah, um, he, he does look good. So that's that's who we have as our top 10 defensive backs. That's including cornerback and safety. We always combine them when we do these previews at the beginning of the season. And so that's it. We've gone through every position now, Chris, in uh, the Big Ten, giving you our top tens. Feel free to go look back at all of the past ones we've done and see what you think. Let us know what we've got right, what we've got wrong. All right, let me get to this question here. The top three at tight end. Number one is obviously Cade Stover. Yep. There's, there's no change there. Surprisingly, 
Here's who I think is number two and three based on what my eyeballs told me and showed me in seven on seven and when they went 11 on 11 thud. It is, in my opinion, what I think, what if they go based off of what I saw on Friday, it's going to be Sam Hart and Bennett Christian. Really? You don't think the freshman's going to get in there? Uh, Jelani Thurman, I don't remember him having a catch the entire time. He was looks really good in pads and looks really good in the drills. Um, but I, and here's the thing. I didn't see G. Scott or Joe Royer at all Hart do anything. They were there. They got in, but they never got the ball thrown to them. Uh, I never seen them make any big plays. Sam Hart and Bennett Christian were making plays. They were catching the football. They were run blocking really well. They're bigger, physical, traditional tight ends. Um, Joe Royer looks bigger. He looks like he's put some weight on and some muscle. But I still don't see anything out of him in Any the run game. Any chance see him more of a, as a fullback? I don't think so. And G. Scott is still, in my opinion, uh, he's going to be one of those stories I'm afraid when you look back and you just think he had all the talent in the world and just never came to fruition for some reason. Um. I, I'm afraid he's going to get passed over. I still think he can be a weapon in the passing game. Yeah. But when it came to what my eyeballs were seeing on the field, uh, Sam Hart and Bennett Christian look the part. They are more physical. They, they can both run block and pass catch. They look like a Cade Stover, a Jeremy Rucker. They look the part. Um, where the other guys look like receivers playing tight end. Maybe we need some two and three tight end sets given the state of, state of our offensive line. Don't. <laughs> I would not be shocked if we have quite a few 12, 12 man personnel 12, plays. Twelve package, yeah. I would not be shocked at all because, <laughs> yeah, that right tackle again. I, I'm not impressed at all with Fryer at left tackle. I, but, I but know is there an option? That, that's I don't know. That, yeah, it's the freshman. That's why he's in there so much. I kid you not. There might be a time this season he replaces him. I don't think they're going to start him. But they're getting him ready for a reason, Chris. And that's scary, especially at the left tackle position. I know. You, you know, I mean, you, you might think it would be a little more Easy or, or a little more of an expected move if he was going into right tackle. Yeah. But left, left tackle, I mean, you're protecting that quarterback's blind side. You know. That's... You know, this has happened multiple times as Ohio State fans and people who understand football and follow the game. You can see weaknesses and you yes. talk about them and eventually that weakness comes back and bites us in the butt. It was our secondary last year. Yep. Right. We all saw it. You know, we all we all complained about it. We all knew it. Right. And then it, it hit us. And then we came up against a team who we couldn't outscore. Exactly. I'm telling you right now, my eyeballs are telling me our offensive line on the outside is not good. It's going to get it's going to get us in trouble. And okay, I, I, I can't sugarcoat it. The, you it's know, it's gonna what? get the, a quarterback hurts when it's gonna happen. Yes. That's why I'm telling you right now. It might not matter who Ryan Day picks as the quarterback. They might be hurt. 
you think you don't think Notre that Marcus Freeman is not gonna have blitz packages drawn up for us? Oh, all day long. We are all we are long. facing a four man rush in seven on seven, and JTT had at least two sacks in seven on seven and a four man rush. No, no linebackers were blitzing. It's sad. I'm, I'm like, this was exactly like we saw during spring game. Spring game. The quarterbacks aren't getting a, into a rhythm. They're not comfortable back there because they're they are constantly under pressure. I hope and pray that JTT is that good during the season, and he has a 15, 16, 17 sack season because he's just so dominant. And Jack Sawyer's the same. And the defensive tackles are just dominating the defensive uh, the, the line of scrimmage. I hope and pray that's what it is. But what I'm seeing from this offensive line and what my eyeballs tell me, they're dominating them because they're not very good. Yeah. JTT in the spring game looked like Chase Young coming off that end. Yes. Yeah, he, he did. He really did. And I don't think he's Chase Young. I'm sorry. No, he's not. He's a great talent. Tremendous talent. But he's not Chase Young. At least not yet. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. We come back. We got we got all this rigmarole of the uh, Big 18 Ooh. to talk about. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. First, there's one more thing I forgot to mention. Yes. They were doing a huddle. I heard that. A lot. That, that might lend you to think that maybe they are going to run the ball more and try to control the clock. It, it, it was very maybe, interesting. Maybe Ryan Day, see, this is the thing. As much as I get on Ryan Day, Eric, I don't think he's a stupid man. He knows the game. I get very irritated at the fact that he... You guys... You guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, in case you haven't noticed, I'm trying to make this the official... Uh, Snapple sponsors, sponsors of, no sugar Snapple. So sugar, sugar, sugar free Snapple. <laughs> but, but no, I mean Ryan Day. As much as I get on his case, uh, you know, he's a very intelligent man. He knows the game of football, and he does tend to learn from mistakes. So, if he's learned from this mistake that he's watched through this spring and 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 the beginning of camp, he's going to adjust his game. He's going to force himself to do it, and. You know, maybe it'll be the best thing for us. Chris's new nickname is Snapple. <laughs> hey, 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 zero sugar Snapple. Zero Snapple. Um, so with the rule change in college football that makes it more comparable to the NFL, yeah. I'm wondering if Ryan Day doesn't look at the huddle and also understand that if I run more of a pro, he's, he's got a pro style offense already, yes. but if I run this thing even more pro, like if that wouldn't help, um, I, I don't know. It was, it was unique to watch that though. They were running a huddle. Also here was else, some else that was very interesting. Brian Hartline was calling all the plays. 
I didn't expect that either. But is that something to get him into? Yeah, right now may be the time where he's just trying to get his feet wet with well, it. Well, and and that's not to say that they those plays weren't designed pre, you know, in meetings yes. the previous day. Here's what we're going to run and win because everything is is timed. Everything. Um, they only have so much time. They they have everything in a practice scripted down to. I mean, when you tie your shoes, when you get water. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's it's something else. But yeah, those those are some more things that I saw that were interesting. All right, let's let's dive into it, man. We we can topic of the weekend, Eric. Okay. <laughs> Big Ten expansion. Oregon and Washington join USC and UCLA. Now what? Chris, go you just take off. You lead this one, man, because I was on vacation. You're like, hey, have you heard? And I'm like, did it happen? And you're like, yeah, it's official. And you were dropping uh stuff on our Facebook page. I, I have results from the um, Facebook poll that we can talk about here shortly, but you go ahead, you lead this discussion. So Eric, last week we sat here on this show and, and my quote was bury the Pac-12. What's happened? You know, UCLA, USC, they were already coming to us. As, as predicted, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, all headed with Colorado to the Big 12. Uh, you know, I had actually called, I think, uh, uh, originally, Oregon and Stanford was coming over, even though we knew Washington had already been in, in the works. But it was Washington and Oregon. Guys, this is not over. It's not over by a long shot. Um, I really think, and I'm going to get into where I think we're going next here in a few minutes after uh, you get a chance to respond, Eric. But, Eric, this makes Big Ten, the Big Ten, the premier brand in college football. Now, I'm not going to say. They are the premier conference, specifically in football, in the in the country, because there's a lot of room for debate there, especially given the success that the SEC's had. It's hard for us to come out and claim they are the premier conference in college football. But what we are is we are the premier brand now in college football, with the national natural national reach, the big media markets. I don't think there's any question about it. Big Ten Sports is the premier brand in all of college sports right now. Now, is this good for college sports? Is it good for the student-athletes? A lot of debate. A lot of debate uh, to be had on that. You know, I've heard specifically a lot of the Pac-10, uh, Pac 12, 4, whatever they are now, uh, coaches and, and administrators come out and say, hey, you didn't think about the effect on the student-athletes, how the travel is going to be. Maybe not so much on the football players, but what about the basketball players? What about the softball players, the baseball players? Right. You know, how's that going to affect them? Guys who are who are playing more than once a week. But you know what? It doesn't really matter. The, you can debate all you want. The fact is, just like in a, NIL, right now, there's no turning back or reining this in at this point. College football is on a collision course where I think will ultimately be free super conferences and then everybody else. Um. And I've got some ideas on how that's going to break down, how that's going to go. But, Eric, I want to get your take on what's going on right now. So I think you hit the nail on the head. When Karen Warren brought in the L.A. schools, it it made a lot of sense from the aspect of the finances for the TV TV deal. Yeah. And – 
I don't think he had the foresight to think about what this does scheduling wise for the Olympic sports. USC and UCLA saw the writing on the wall. They knew the Pac-12 was in trouble. They knew they had no television deal in place. And they knew if they were going to continue to be relevant in football, which pays for everything else, they had to jump ship. I believe Kevin Warren, as we like to call him Karen Warren, left the Big Ten in a very interesting situation when he made this deal. First off, he didn't even complete the contracts. How lame is that, you, right? You got to sign the paperwork, Eric. So it, I think he left Tony Patetti without a choice here. He had to do this. Yes. For, for travel purposes, scheduling purposes. And I also think he sees the writing on the wall that with the way the ACC is currently shaping out, if if we don't jump on a couple more, then what's going to happen when the SEC responds with Clemson and Miami? Or do they get really bold and they jump out there and take Oregon and Washington? I can't see the SEC doing that. But I look at this and go and go with the whole aspect of. I believe Patetti realized he really didn't have any other choice. He had to do this. Yeah. Uh, Larry Daniels agrees with you um, on the mega conference. Also, he says, is Chris warming up to Ryan Day? Ask me again in 111 days. Uh, Dylan, UCLA coming in means I'll get to see my boilers in the Rose Bowl one way or another. Don't even get started on the whole Rose Bowl thing. The Rose Bowl is officially dead and buried at this point. Oh, Chris. Donald it is. Hopper. It's dead and buried, Eric. You, you can have no more Big Ten versus Pac-10 because there is no more Pac-10. It's a Pac-4 what Pac that's about to be right. Pac-2. Right. Well, Chris, the Rose Bowl died shortly after the BCS. I agree. It's not been the same. You got guys sitting out the, the Rose Bowl. When you got players sitting out the Rose Bowl because it's a consolation prize, it's yes. already lost what it means. Yeah. Looks like the Big Ten schedule for 2024 was um, was posted a tad early. <laughs> yes, exactly. I wonder if they will redo the um, protected rivals. They're going to have to, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, Eric, I've got some really interesting thoughts on how this is going to. Yeah, I think Frank's uh, beat you to it. I'd expect regionalized in-season tourneys for non-revenue sports. For example, a two lacrosse event at USC where every Big Ten school plays three to four games. That, I, I thought about that, you know, especially in like baseball. Yes. You know how the baseball team goes down Florida every weekend or, or, or the Carolinas to play? They'll go out west and they will play uh, probably six games in six days, three against USC, three against UCLA, something like that. Yeah, or, and they'll, they'll take two road trips. They'll do one against Oregon, one against Washington. Uh, in baseball, if, they might end up playing Oregon or Washington down in L.A. when they go to play yeah. USC or, or UCLA at their field. I agree with you, Frank. Um so here, let me get let me get to this real fast. So this was our um, poll question. 
714 people saw it. I think we had almost 200 people respond in just, uh, what was that, seven hours? Yeah, it was up there. Um, I gave you four options. Was it your, What is your feelings about Big Ten expansion? Wish it would have never happened. Wish they would have stopped at USC, UCLA. I think it's awesome. They added four-pack school, Pacific schools, but they should stop, or I hope they keep adding more schools. Very split, Chris. 53% kind of love the idea with 10 of them saying they need to stop. 43% say, let's keep going. Let's just keep adding. See how big we can get. Um, 7% said, I wish they would stop at USC and UCLA. And 40% said, I wish it would have never happened at all. So leave it the way we had it before. Chris. What do you think about that, man? Like, is that is that interesting to you to, to see that? Not really, because I'll tell you, I, you know, Eric, I'm a traditionalist. I believe mm-hmm. I wish it had never happened. However, I see the need for why it had to happen. Um, if if it didn't happen, you were going to have the SEC come in and do it. Um, it it's. It's sad that it had to happen, but I think it did have to happen. And I'll tell you right now, Eric, it's not done. Mm-mm. How 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 many do we get to? Uh, put your comments. Uh, uh, put, okay. Put your prediction in the comment section. When it's all said and done, and the Big Ten is officially a mega conference, how many schools will be in the Big Ten after all of this realignment is finally finished? Are we going to stay at 18? Do we go to 20? Is it 24? What's your number? Put your put your prediction in the comments section. Okay. For me, Eric, it's this. While everybody's talking about the big 10s, if we go to 20 teams, which I think is, is really nice, uh, I feel like it's going to be 24 before all is said and done. This is the reason why. College football is going to be a mini NFL very soon. I think you see the SEC, the Big 12, and the Big Ten, all at 24 teams. Now, the Big 12 is going to have to take some average teams, I think, along the way, or less than average teams to get to that number. But sorry, Notre Dame, Army, UConn, UMass, there will be no more independence. It's just not going to be feasible. I think you will have another group of schools, much like we have the group of five now. Um, But this is the thing. It's going to become an NFL-style thing. You're going to have... The, the mega conferences, I think, split into four 16 divisions. You're going to have a semifinal and final um, with the winner of each division playing the semifinal in a Final Four style, then the two playing to determine who comes out of that conference. I see the uh, each of those three putting their their champion along with the group of whatever's left champion into a final four style tournament. You're going to see a 16 game champion. It's just how it's going to happen. I envision five, you know, you get these, these divisions, you'll have five games within your division. You're going to have one opponent from your other three divisions, four large games. Um, You know, college sports is all about the money at this point. I think that's where they get to the money is by doing it in that that fashion. 
for some reason, 24 is in my head. That's yeah, where we're going. I feel like and, it's going to be there. And I also believe that um, what I'm hearing from the quote unquote national writers and experts is that the Big Ten might be done with the West. What I'm getting so Stanford and Cal have both put their names in the hat as well now. I think that they come on, Eric. I really do. I think Stanford because I for- think, like I said, four sixteen divisions. That would be six teams out west. I would I would see Stanford coming on only if Notre Dame comes with them. I think they bring Stanford on to get Notre Dame. Uh, man, I hope it's not Stanford and Cal. I can't stand Cal. I, I feel feel like it's gonna be. Um, and you know what, Donald? Um, I I don't know that. I disagree with his picks. Uh, Pitt, Pitt will never be in the Big Ten. Oh, come on. He wants the Big Ten. It's he not. Wants to come in. He would win the Big Ten every year, Eric. Penn, Penn State won't let it happen. It's like Cincinnati in the Big Ten with Ohio State. Ohio State would never let that happen. We are the only Big Ten school in Ohio. Done. So Pitt goes to the Big 12, or do they end up in the group of everybody else? Probably Big 12 with West Virginia, Cincinnati, I Louisville. Can see that. Louisville, Cincinnati, Pitt, West Virginia. I definitely see Notre Dame. I think we make a push for Clemson. Um, Syracuse isn't a big enough market. I mean, the whole idea behind Maryland and Rutgers was you get the D.C. and New York York market. They need Miami. Miami's in play. Florida State's in play um, because it's a national brand. It's a big brand. Uh, even though Tallahassee is not a huge market, yeah. Florida State's in play. Florida State's obviously trying to get out of their deal with the ACC. They're being the most aggressive out of yeah, all the Yeah, they're actually ACC looking teams. to private investors to buy their way out right now. Yes. They're literally selling their athletic department to private investors. Yes. How crazy is that? You want to own a part of Florida State? What if they go on like the NASDAQ and you can buy stock in Florida State? Yeah. How crazy would that, that be? That tells you where we are at right now. Yes. Um, it. I just don't know how much longer the ACC is going to be able to hold up. They're go, They're trying to be aggressive with the whole uh, additional television marketing. ESPN is throwing out them with the, the CW and all that. CW. There's don't nothing. be surprised if they jump on like an Amazon Prime. Something like that to get additional revenue to try to stay close enough for the remainder of their contract so that ESPN doesn't lose the if if the ACC implodes, think about this. ESPN is losing them. ESPN will lose some of and those schools to the Eric, Big Ten, which is Fox, CBS, and NBC now. ESPN is struggling right now. We know I this. know they are. Look, look at the number of people that they have had to let go in the last few months. Yeah, they've let go of some e- of the better guys too. ESPN but- is struggling, and I'll tell you, I think the the uh, the Big Ten and the SEC they can smell it. They smell the blood in the water. Donald, I think the I think the Big Ten wants to go south. Yeah, I it- I think they want to invade SEC country. I think the Big Ten wants to be viewed as the as the coast to coast, east to west, north to south conference. We are the NFL of college football. SEC, that's nice. You have your little southern conference there. That's great. Guess what? We are coast to coast. Yeah. 
We're in you be every the, major market. You be the arena league. We'll be the NFL. That it there. This is an arms race. Do not get this. Let me explain to you what's happening. This is this is World War II happening between yes. between the major television markets, uh, mm-hmm. television uh, companies. Yes. That's what's happening here. This is this is literally World War II. They are going to war with each other. And the fact that the Big Ten brought together the Fox, CBS, and NBC all together is like the United States, Great Britain, and, and you know, the powers coming together to take down. Uh, the, it was uh, solid, yeah. yeah. That's what's happening, guys. And that's what's – the money that's being thrown around is just ridiculous. And it's going to get crazier, Eric. It's going to get crazier. So what's next, Chris? I mean, it's it's so hard to predict. Did I believe the Big 12 officially got Arizona and Arizona State, correct? Well, I, I'm not 100% sure that the ink's dry on it yet, but I'll tell you, I know that both of them have submitted their applications. I know Arizona's uh, I, in, for sure. For, yes, from what I've heard, they've both submitted their applications, as has Utah. And Utah has as well. Yes, and the Big 12 is eager to take them all in. So Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Yeah. Kind of like what we predicted. Is going to be in the Big 12. Correct. All right. Oregon, Valley, Washington, Valley, now in the Big 10. Oregon State. Oregon Washington State and Washington State are they're out. Mountain no West. one wants them. Mountain West, right there. Yep. No one uh, wants them. The Pac-12 and Mountain West are going to have to combine, is what's going to have to happen. We are going to get Stanford in the Big Ten. Make no mistake about it. I don't why? I think we get them because they draw Notre Dame, Eric. If you, that's the if, only reason. That would be the only reason. You cannot tell me if 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 we bring Stanford in, it better be because Notre Dame comes with them. Cal is not worth it. Do not bring Cal in. Uh, they are a problem politically for your conference. Yes. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Trust me see. on that. I don't, this is not a political show. We're not getting into politics. We're not telling you how to vote on issue one, be, guys. They'll be, they'll but I am telling you, show up. Cal is a problem. Yeah. Don't let um, them in, dude. They they do not line up with Midwestern values. I promise you. No. They are an issue. And Stanford's right behind them, by the way. They, they just are. have a tremendous medical program and law program. But, but I think Stanford makes sense from two reasons, and I talked about this last week. I think Stanford makes sense because of the connection to Jim Harbaugh and the connection to Notre Dame. I think that you can play up both those in a cell for Stanford. Um, you know, some something else that people have not mentioned, and it's it's a big TV market. It's a fair football team. They got ties to Ohio State. I still think Boston College could be in play. Again, that's a that's a tie with Notre Dame. Yeah. Um. It's got the Boston market. Yeah. That one makes good sense to me. Uh, if you, if you get those, th- like I said, if we're gonna sit here and try to what? round out, Frank, explain this one to me. Frank, you're you're really smart. You're an intelligent human being. We've had you on the show. I I value your opinion, but tell me this. Why would Michigan want Cal and Stanford? Because there is they align with them. How are you talking politically? Are you talking yes, like like Northwestern? I get Northwestern and Stanford are pretty much the same thing. One happens to be in Chicago, the other one happens to be on California and the West Coast. 
Michigan's but, very much in, are in they? lockstep with them, yes. Okay. Yeah, let me know, Frank. Let me know in the comments. If you don't want me to post but, it, just say don't post. Just I'm interested in why why you said. Okay, yeah, politically. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. but but I like the idea, and, and you know I could see that happening. Unfortunately, um, I, I would like a push for Boston College. Obviously, you said we want to get uh, further south. I love the idea of Miami, just for the market share. Um, I would love Duke or North Carolina, but. North Carolina's coming, kicking, and screaming a little bit. They are upset with Florida State being so public about things, and I don't get it. I think North Carolina on figuring out how to get out of the deal. I just, I think North Carolina looks at this and realizes if this happens, we're going to be broke up with Duke. And they, unless they, they, unless they go wherever as a package. I can't see. See, that's it. Now, the this S- is the thing. The they SEC will one, not take Duke. They could be one that slides to the Big 12, though. You could see the two of them go as a package to the Big 12, especially in basketball. They would dominate the Big 12. Well, hold on. You got Kansas. Well, you got now Kansas. But, and Arizona. But you know what? They would make an argument for the best basketball conference in the country at those four. <laughs> mm, Big 10's going to. Big 10's good. But if they with, land North Carolina, with UCLA, Arizona, and you, and, uh, and this is and this is not a basketball podcast. We have Big Banter's got another one of them. But uh, Chris, we're getting ready to go into overtime. I know. I want your final. <laughs> I know. I want your final thoughts on college football expansion, Big Ten expansion, and what your prediction is. Will we see anything else this year, or are we done for a year until the season's over? I, I still think we see action out of what's left of the Pac-12 this season. They've got okay. to get someplace before the beginning of next season. They've got to get in on a TV deal. Um, Notre Dame, what, next year is their negotiating year? With NBC, they're negotiating currently. They're negotiating currently? You could not, see... No announcement news. on anything yet, though. That's you what's could, interesting. You could see Notre Dame be in play right now. Mm. I don't think they're in play right I now. I don't. I think they're, they're in play. Gonna they're going to hold out. They are going to hold out to the very end. But they you are know going, what? Here's they're the going thing. to have – they will hold out until they are forced if, to join or the money tells them they have to join. If Ohio State signs Stanford – or, I'm sorry, if Big Ten signs Stanford, you can forget Freudian about it. They've, they've, they've got to join the conference. All right, here's because my final thoughts. Because we can force thoughts. their hands. Here's my final thoughts. I agree with you, Chris. I think the what you're going to see is the teams that are remaining um, in the Pac-12 are going to align themselves with the Mountain West or the WAC, probably the Mountain West. And and the Pac-12, I don't know what they'll call it. I don't know if the Mountain West will fold into the Pac-12 or the Pac-12 will fold into the Mountain West or some some kind of combination of that. I believe you're going to see Florida State go to war in the courtroom to get released from that contract this year. You will they will they will petition the ACC and it will be fought out in the courtroom on on what's going on with that. And if they have the money to buy their way out, they will and I think they will when they do that, they will become an independent on the market for whatever the next bidder. year whatever and who's the highest bidder who wants us. 
And at that point, I think you're going to see the other ACC schools start to try to do the same. Beginning with Miami. And if enough of them go about doing that, um, then we're done. Uh, interesting question. David Gilmore says, Chris, if this were true, why didn't Notre Dame come over with USC? Here's the thing. USC coming over basically aligned them. It didn't really affect them that much. It was one rival coming over that they play on a yearly basis. Well, you know what? They play at least one Big Ten a year anyhow. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. It's usually multiple. Multiple, usually. Uh, Usually it's uh, what Michigan State or Michigan and then another Purdue or somebody. Right. Plus, USC was never going to be a package deal with Notre Dame. Correct. They were always going to be a package deal with UCLA UCLA. because they were already Pac-12 rivals, Pac-12 partners, and city partners. But if you land... If you land USC, if you land uh, Stanford, if you make a play for a Boston college, you force Notre Dame's hand or only, a Florida State. Only if you tell those schools and they agree to not schedule Notre Dame anymore until they become a member. That's the only you, way you're going to Do you think with that money being thrown at them, they're not going to do that? I mean – I don't know. Depends on what. what, what do you, you what's your argument? To, what's your argument to, to to keep the game tradition? Hell, tradition's out the window, Eric. Tradition, I, there is no more tradition. It's gone. It, it's gone. Tradition you're is right. history. It is. It so, is. You're right. You're it's right. It's all about the money right now. You're right. You're right. That's our show for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the discussion, the banter, the slight introduction into politics into this. <laughs> we try not to do we that. We a little bit of everything, Eric. We try not to do that. We try to make this an escapism from politics. Politics is so divisive in our country. And 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 I love what John Kennedy said about uh he said college football hate is really love. <laughs> it's so true. We love to hate each other. That's why we love college football. Um there's more of a brotherhood there than there is in any other uh, any other item that you can uh, hit your wagon to in um, in this country that causes you to hate your neighbor at and then at the same time put your arm around them. Uh, so that I, I love that that comparison. So, anyways, we will be back in a week. We have a very special guest next week, guys. You're not going to want to miss this. Uh, we have our Big Ten previews that are coming along. We have Maryland this week, and then cross our fingers, we're hoping to get Penn State as well. So Maryland will be on Tuesday. Penn State will be on Thursday. Check those out on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash theohiopod. We're on Facebook where we just hit 8,000 followers on Facebook, facebook.com slash theohiopodcast. You can email us at the Ohio podcast. That's the Ohio podcast at gmail.com. Email us if you have questions, comments, anything you would uh, uh, you need from us or want to know from us. Plus, Big Banter Sports has just released their brand new website where you can learn about myself, Chris, our podcast, as well as all the other podcasts that Big Banter has at bigbantersports.com. Check it out, bigbantersports.com. Links to every single podcast from all the Big Banter members from all 14 uh, Big Ten teams, soon to be 18 teams. They got their work cut out to add four more podcasts by next year. 
at least, at least four, maybe more. Uh, <clears throat> so you definitely are going to want to check that out. It is a lot of fun to get on there and banter with these guys. I was just the guest on the Illini cast. Um, and so uh, when that drops this week, I will post the link for you on all of our social media sites. They asked me all kinds of questions about Ohio State and college football in general, and you're not going to want to miss that. And Chris and I will be guests on a lot of different podcasts moving forward, as well as having guests on our podcast as we preview the season. Don't forget, when the season gets started here in just a few weeks, Chris, Sunday nights will be our review shows. You can call in. We want you to call in. You can be our guest. You can come on, rant. You can come on, ask questions. You can talk about the game. We want this to be your place to call in and get whatever's on your mind or or get whatever's off your chest that you need to get off um, after a big Ohio State game. Every Sunday night at 8 o'clock, you're not going to want to miss that. And, of course, we will also have our weekly previews, midweek previews, with all the other special guests from Big Banter from the team that we are going to play. So make sure you check that out. Um, we want to thank all of the new subscribers we've had on YouTube. Right now, give this video a thumbs up, a like, and make sure you share it. Um, we are quickly getting closer and closer to our 500 subscribers. And when we do, we're, we're giving away money. Somebody's going to win $50 Amazon gift card just for subscribing to the OHIO podcast on YouTube and commenting in that video that we have on our homepage. I think I got it all, Chris. Hey, I think you got it all too, Eric. All I know is we are coming down to that time. That's Eric, right. We are less than one month away. 27 days as of today. And if you're listening, days. Yeah. And uh, here's what's great, Chris. Our audio numbers have been through the roof last couple months. So uh, we have really gone uh, up in audio numbers this season as well. So if you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or some other uh, audio listening device, give us a five-star review. We appreciate you very much for listening to our podcast. And check us out on all the social media sites as well as YouTube as we continue to grow our YouTube channel. And, and Eric, let me just say before you go, hey, if, if, teams, if fans of other teams want to hop on on that call-in show, you know, try to troll us a little bit, we would love nothing more than to educate them on <laughs> the best team in college football, that being the Ohio State Buckeyes. I just had a discussion with the uh, one of the Michigan podcasters on Big Banter, and he said, I'll see you in November. I go, yeah, that's when your schedule actually starts. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh. I've, I've never seen that many cupcakes outside of a bakery, Eric. That's right. Hey, be kind to one another. Unless they're from Michigan. Unless they're from that team up north. Be kind of one another. I owe someone's OH. Sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time. OH! I owe! Go Bucks.